Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen. Let's thank God for what we feel in this room tonight. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Man, I feel a touch of God. Would you just love Him right now? Lift your hands and love the Lord for who He is. Thank you, God, for what we feel. Thank you, God, for what we feel. Look at all these young people in this house of God tonight seeking the Lord with tears running down their face, making a covenant with God. I'll buy this truth. I will not sell it. Come on, the Lord's speaking to our spirit in this room. I think we ought to all be open to what the Lord is doing. Let's just take a moment. Let's take a moment. Let the Lord speak to us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus. How many feel the sweet touch of God? There's nothing like it, is there? Won't we just moment, just bow our heads and let the presence of God soak into our spirit. That's why we're here tonight. This praise team, led by Brother Dylan tonight, has ushered the presence of God into here in a mighty way. Thank you, Lord, for what we feel. walking away and made my mind up I made my mind up when I was some of your all's ages here I'm going to live for God if I got to do it by myself I'm going to do it by myself but I'm going to live for God I fell in love with him I love him I love him he's been better to me than I can ever be to him in a million years amen amen I'm in love the Lord tonight I'll buy this truth I will not sell it Give me a love for truth. Give me a love for truth. But everybody in the room, just pray that right now, God, give me a love for truth. Amen. The book of Genesis chapter 41. We're going to return to our seats and get our Bibles out. I'm so proud of these graduates and those that have attained certifications and those that are retirees tonight. I pray a blessing on every single one of you. 
And he is blessing them. How many know that's true? That's right. Genesis 41. It says in verse 46. Man, I can't hardly pull myself together. Anybody feel that way tonight? My dad would always say, what you feel in service like now just feels like God's hugging everybody. Let me know it's how it feels. Man, he's a good father to us, isn't he? Somebody in the room you're worried about tomorrow. The Lord told me to tell you it's going to be all right. He's going to take care of it. I'm telling you, I know it sounds simple, but I know what it feels. It's going to be all right. God's going to take care of it. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord's going to fix it. He's going to take care of it. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities, the food of the field, which was round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering for it was without number, meaning he couldn't count it all. It was plenteous. Everybody say abundance. And it says, and unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which is Senath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. The hard times of life I was able to forget because now I'm in the land of plenty and I'm finally seeing fruit for all the trouble I went through to get here. The next thing it says, it says, and the name of the second called he Ephraim, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. The word Ephraim means double portion or double blessing. And um, I'd like to preach to you today on just simply don't forget your dream. Don't forget your dream. You may be seated tonight. Monty was a high school student that senior year term paper. His teacher had given the class the assignment of simply your term paper will be graded upon your dream. Write your dream. This is how many pages it is to be. Draw the diagrams as necessary. You'll be graded on everything I've taught you, so make sure you do it with the excellence in which you've been taught this year. Monty took it very serious. He had a dream. He took so much time on it because he was so passionate about what he wanted to be. He wanted to be a he wanted to run a horse ranch. He rode in there with excellence. 
how he would live in a 4,000 square foot home, live on so many thousand acre ranch. He'd have this many horse stalls and this many horses and how it would run. And he got so into it, he drew the diagrams of the house, the diagrams of the ranch, the diagrams of the stables. And he couldn't wait. He crossed every I, he dotted every T. He felt grammatically everything was in order. Turned the paper in and for a few days later to receive the paper as the rest of the class did. But on his paper, he had a big red F that was circled on it and a note from the teacher that said to him, see me after class. He was confused. He had worked tirelessly and efficiently and with excellence. He went to the teacher after class and said, I don't understand. I've got the right amount of words, the right amount of pages. What's wrong? And the teacher said, Monty, the problem with your paper is not your, your grammar. It's, it's, it's not that you haven't followed the structure in which I've set. The problem with your paper, Monty, is your dream is not attainable for a person like you. Your dad is an itinerant horse trainer and you don't have that much money and really your paper is outside of your reach. And so my assignment to you, part of this assignment was to have an achievable goal and that's not what you can be. He went home disappointed, discouraged by someone that could not see what he wanted for his own life. And he went in and read the paper over and over where he could cut something out and make it a little bit better. The more he thought about it though, he didn't want less than what he was dreaming about. He wanted it to be exactly what it was. It was his dream. He talked to his dad and said, dad, I got an F on my term paper. Here's what the teacher said. And he said, son, you're gonna have to consider you're gonna to have to consider what the teacher said because this is your senior grade, your senior year. He went to the room and he finally made a decision and he made one change to his paper. And he handed it to the teacher and on the only thing he changed on his paper, he made a note and he said this, you can keep your F, I'm gonna keep my dream. Years later, that same teacher took a tour of their class to that 4,000 square foot home with that thousand some acre ranch with the stalls exactly like was in the term paper he put. And the teacher took the, the students to the tour of the ranch, went back into the house and went in and said, see that paper right there framed on the fireplace over the mantel? That's Monty's paper that I gave the F. Can I say to every student here, everybody that's reaching for a dream, don't you let the devil give you an F. You tell the devil you can have your F, I'm gonna keep my dream tonight. I've got a dream. I've got a dream of something I'm gonna be. I've got a dream of something I'm gonna do. Joseph, God gave him a God dream. God gave him a dream that he would be, he would have sheaves of harvest that would bow down to him. Even the sun, the moon and stars and a dream from God would bow down to him. He didn't understand the details. The dream hadn't necessarily been interpreted, but the dream was God's gonna do something great in my life. The problem though with Joseph sharing his dream, maybe prematurely it seems, is that his brethren didn't like his dream. They were jealous of his path. They were jealous of what he was gonna do. And so they rejected him. As a matter of fact, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. Before it's over, he is shackled. Looking back over his shoulders as the spice train has taken him away. I don't know if it was essential oils or something else. Do Tara, I'm not sure, but 
was carrying him away into Egypt. And when he gets there, he is sold as a slave. Somehow, he keeps dreaming. You see, in tough times, you can't forget what God said you're going to be. In tough times, you can't forget what God wants you to be. He kept on dreaming and he became a slave to Potiphar and, and it wasn't long that he, is, he, is, he works his way up because even though he's not treated well, he decides he's just gonna be the best he can be in the toughest of situations and that's exactly what he does. He works his way up until he's the CEO of all of Potiphar's estates. He gets falsely accused and he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and says things about him that were not true and he's thrown into prison and it doesn't look well, but somehow when he's in the prison cell, he made the best of that situation until they saw that he is better than people around him because he's not a doomsdayer, he kept on dreaming. He made his situations the best they could be even though we're toiling and hard times. It wasn't long until he's over the jail that he's in. There was a day that somebody remembered that he had interpreted somebody else's dream because dreamers can help interpret dreams. Somebody shout, I wanna be a dreamer. I'm not preaching to the content tonight. I'm not preaching to the mediocre, the complacent, or the satisfied. I come to preach to people that believe there's something bigger than them and it's gonna take God to make it happen. You can be everything God has called you to be. Can I say to you, don't ever stop dreaming no matter how hard the road is, how bad the situation is, keep on dreaming tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your dream. He held on to his dream. He looked, he looked at a butler and he said, this is the interpretation of your dream. He said, you're gonna be restored in three days. Remember me when you come to the kingdom. He was forgotten though until some years later when Pharaoh has a dream. You see, people that dream will be attracted to people that have dreams. Dreamers will eventually hang out with dreamers. Dreamers are magnetic pull to each other. People that quit dreaming will hang out with people that have no dreams. You gotta keep dreaming when it looks like the dream is impossible. You gotta hold on to your desire when everybody around you is against what you're dreaming about. He kept on dreaming, it wasn't long until Pharaoh had a dream. He had a dream of, of, of these cows coming out of the sea and, 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 and the first cows that came out were we're, we're husky, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Followed by seven skinny cows, seven husky cows came out of the sea and they were eaten by seven famined or skinny cows. And, and Pharaoh didn't have an interpreter. He had people around him that were magicians, but they couldn't interpret the dream. And all of a sudden the butler in the corner said, I, I know a man. I met him in a jail, but he wasn't like everybody else. This man had a demeanor about him and when I had a dream, he interpreted my dream, it came to pass. I'm gonna tell you, you need this man in your life. I pray that in our low moments, we can impact people that are in low moments because we're holding on to our dream. Joseph is invited at the age of 13. So from 17 years old, he's sold, toiling and hard. Sounds like college classes, prison sales. Somebody asked me one time when I was in engineering school, they said, who are you dating? I said, the library. I spent a lot of time with her. I did. 
The library, it was hard work. It was toiling. There were some nights when I was in college that I was working these math, math problems and, and I remember getting out of church and going home and, and writing these problems out and getting ready for the test. And, and once I'd fill up a whole page and you know how college students do, you got to make a little fun. I had a basket across the room. I tried to make, make a basket when I was done with the paper and we're at all the processes. I felt like I'd been there like an hour and I looked out and the sun was coming up. I'd worked all night long. That's toiling, studying, focusing, staying involved and plugged in. You got to treat your college as if it's a job. It's not paying now, but it'll pay later, I promise. That's right. Everybody say work. He had a dream he kept working for when he didn't understand why he was in situations that he's in. But somewhere around 30, he got a break in his schedule. He graduated from a prison until now he's in the palace. He's talking to people that are in higher places instead of low places. He's now at a place when it seems like it's accomplishment. He's got the degree now. He's hanging out in better places and better jobs and having nicer things. And he tells the king, he said, there are going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Something amazing happens though. In the seven years of plenty, he starts gathering the corn. He can't number the abundance that God has put in his life. And, and it's amazing because in these seven years, he gets married and he has two boys. The first one's name is Manasseh. And somehow when things are going so well, he names his first baby Manasseh. Means God has called me to forget all my pain, all my toil, and my family. He didn't want to remember his family because they're the ones that sold him. They're the ones that didn't believe in him. And it seemed like now that I finally arrived, I can forget about everybody that was against me. I'll just name the baby Manasseh because finally I'm in abundance. I've got the degree, I've got a level of success, and I don't have to remember where I came from. The second baby was named Ephraim, and he said, for God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. I promise you, education is going to feel like affliction. Can I get a witness from somebody? And I'm going to go a little deeper. Trying to stay and hold on to truth in the midst of a culture that we live in. Whether it's certification or college degree or high school. Making it through retirement and years of working in a world that's dark. You're going to feel like... I've been afflicted to hold on to the truth. Paul made this great statement. He said, I, I fought a good fight. He didn't say I fought a fight. I fought a good fight. What he was saying is it was worth fighting for. You see truth and I want, I want, I want the, uh, the high school graduates to stand, if you would. The high school graduates, I want y'all to stand with me. It's going to be a fight. Be a moment of some level of disconnect between you and mom and dad and a circle of influence. You're going you're to have your own phone. You're going to have a car. You're going to have a job. You're going to be somewhere. You're going to be surrounded by people that don't believe what you believe. They're going to challenge you on every level of what you, convictions of your heart. But you remember what I tell you. If Joseph can do it, he never sinned with his mouth. He said things like, I can't commit this sin against my God because it's not about the church. It's not about your relationship with mom and dad. This is about your relationship with God now. 
How many know it's true? And I want you to know you can fight the fight. Hold on to faith. Hold on to truth. He said it tonight, buy the truth and don't sell it. People are going to try to take it from you. The devil's going to try to deceive you out of it, but get a hold of it and say, I'm not letting go of truth. I want y'all to hold truth right now. Would the whole church hold some truth with me right now? Don't ever let go of truth. The devil's going to say, you can't. It's not meant for you. You look at the devil and say, you're a liar. Amen. You're a liar. God's given me this truth. I love it. I'm not ever letting go of this truth of God's word. I'm going to be what God has called me to be. Let's clap our hands and thank God for that. Amen. You can be seated. He said, now that I'm married, I'm in the land of abundance. I've got two small children now. One's Manasseh and one is Ephraim. I, I, I have arrived. I can live my life without the pain of yesterday, without the, remember the toils and the hard work and the challenges of the things that I went through to get here. Can I tell you today, don't ever name the baby Manasseh in a moment of abundance. Because it's what you went through that has made you who you are. Whether they were for you or against you, the toil made you what you are. It's the hard work, it's the rejections, it, it, it is the moments you go through that are tough that made you to be able to take care of the plenty. I know what he was saying. I don't have to worry about that any longer. I finally, I've got the home, I've got a golden chariot. I don't know what they drove. I'm imagining it's chariots, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. I've got it all. I don't have to worry about those that were against. I don't have to worry about the challenges that I went through. You know what? Had a baby, baby number two, and look at I'm going to let this baby talk about what I've got. I'm double planting in the land of my affliction. Man, God's been good to me. God's going to bless your hard work. He promised he'd do it. How many know that? The Bible says he's going to prosper you. Everybody shout, God wants to prosper me. I want everybody to believe that. God wants to prosper us. Psalms, Psalms says that the servant should continually say, the Lord delighteth in the prosperity of his people. Everybody shout, God delighteth in my prosperity. Now, God doesn't reward lazy. He rewards hard work. That's right. And you are examples of that, every single one of you that we're honoring here tonight, and God's going to prosper you. But what you can't ever do is name the baby Manasseh because Manasseh, Manasseh, uh, the, your past is as much part of your dream as the future is a part of your dream. It is what got you here. Somebody shout, the hard times got me here. It'll make you value it. I'm almost done. But listen, seven years of plenty, and then all of a sudden the crops aren't growing. There's no green fields, there's no wheat, there's no barley, there's no corn. It's gone, just like the interpreted. Now it's a time in famine. And after two years of eating from the store and not from the field, something happens. People show up in his life that are not Egyptian, they're Hebrew. His brothers show up. The ones that said they wanted to kill him. The ones that sold him as a slave. They show up in his life and he's got on, a, he's got on one of those Pharaoh outfits. I don't know what that means even. 
They show up and he's got a favorite and he speaks to them through a Hebrew interpreter, though he knows everything they're saying. And they say, we're hungry. We're going to die if we don't have any food. He's so moved by it that he has to step out of the room and confront what he thought God had removed from his memory. It was people from his past. He gave them the corn. He gave them what they needed to supply to them. And later, long story short, he made a way for them to come to where he was. And when he revealed that he was Joseph, their brother, on, the, on another trip they made into Egypt, they fell down in fear and thought he was going to kill them because they knew now. They never, listen, they didn't know where he was. How many read the story? They gave him a big fat F. They're about to get the tour of the palace though. And they're bowing down for him just like his dream had said. Just like his own father had rebuked him for saying. And when it hits him, God didn't bring me here for just me. When he said, I'm Joseph, and they bowed to him in fear that he was going to take them out because all the days of toil and hard knocks and tough times, he said, y'all get up. He said, you didn't. It wasn't you that sent me here. It was God. God allowed some bad things in my life to get me to where I am, to have what I have so I can do for you that nobody else can do for you. And I haven't brought you here to kill you. He said, I brought you here to take care of you. God's brought you here because there's a Goshen waiting on you. Can I say that let your education, let your prosperity and your hard work lead to a place that you, you bring people out of despair, you bring people out of poverty, you bring people out of brokenness, and you take them to a place of Goshen that's a place of multiplication. Don't name the baby Manasseh. You get a hold of Ephraim and believe God is going to bless me in the land of my affliction and I'm going to be a blessing to people that are in affliction. Let's all stand. Oh, clap your hands and praise him. I'm going to be a blessing to somebody. There's going to be tough moments. There's going to be tempting moments. And I say, say to the retirees that are on this side of that success, you've got wisdom now. You've got so much value to give. You've got storehouses of corn and wisdom that Brother Cody was talking about. Share it. Speak into other people's lives. You know, hindsight's 2020. you know, Brother Gene. Hindsight, I didn't call you old. I just said hindsight's 2020. When I was a young man, y'all listen to me, I hung out with old people. When I was a young man, I thought 40 was old. And 60 was old. It's looking younger all the time. Can I get a witness? Amen. And, uh, and I let them pour into my life. And I thought to myself, if I can gain some wisdom from somebody that's already been down this road, I might save me some years of chaos. God has given you all wisdom. Some of you are on the 17 year end of this moment, being separated from mom and dad, being separated to go make some decisions that you have to make alone like him from 17 to 30. It's tough, but you can do it. And everybody in this room believes that you're a Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
everybody. You college graduates know what it's like to the toil and the tough times and sleepless nights and trying to balance in church and study and work and bills and sleep. And we can go on, but you're 30 now. You're going to enter a place where you're going to be paying off debt and having plenty. Don't forget the tough times, the hard moments. Embrace, study it, embrace Ephraim. Ephraim got more portion than Manasseh. Ephraim got a double portion of blessing. You study it, he did all the way through. And realize that God blessed you even when there was affliction all around you. God's going to bless you. But at 30 years old, I'd say to you, don't make it all about the new car and the new home and all the corn is the sand of the sea, as he said. Take a portion and help somebody that's hungry. Because that's where the multiplication comes out of this. Somebody's dependent on you to be blessed. I mean, no, it's the number 10 in the corner we heard preached a while back. Somebody's dependent on you. We're going to pray for you. I want all of you to come and stand. And Craig, and, Craig and Tanisha, so glad you're here tonight. Believe in God for continued healing in your body. I'm thankful you're here. You bless me tonight. You're my brother and sister of the Lord. I'm faithful. Hey Amen. If you're watching online tonight, make sure you come next week. We'll have a touch of God. But the Lord's moving on this church. There is abundance in this church. We've poured into daughter works and global works. And God has blessed us for it. And I think we ought to clap our hands and thank God for the abundance. God's going to use you to bring abundance to those that are around you. I want you to make a covenant with yourself tonight. <clears throat> I want you to make a covenant with yourself that you're not ever going to let go of your dream. No matter how opposing circumstances seem. 13 years is a long time. The, maybe longer. But at least when he was sold to when it happened. About 13 years. That's a lot of hard work. It's not going to happen in six months. It might not even happen when you get the degree in your hand. That degree might come with a lot of debt. Amen. But you're going to pay off that debt. God's going to bless you and remove it. But I want you to make a covenant with yourself right now. I'm not going to let go of this because this is my dream. If it's not connected to that, it's not from God. A love for truth. I want him to come and sing that softly in the moment. I feel that. Brother Dylan, come. You've, you've impacted us already. The Bible doesn't say they received the truth. The Bible says they received not a love for it. If it doesn't line up with his word, it shouldn't line up with our path. Our dream to be a God dream, we've got to hold on to that right there. I want you to lift your hands right now. and We're going to pray. Lift your hands toward this way. Lord, I'm never going to let go of this apostolic truth. I'm not ever going to let go of my relationship with you. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a lady of God. I'm going to be like Joseph. I'm going to be a fruitful bow. I'm going to be a blessing to others. And I'm working to attain that. 
I'm going to be prospered and blessed mightily. In the name of the Lord. I'm going to have an Ephraim in my world that's going to be mightily, mightily blessed because it's representing a double portion in the midst of my affliction. I'll never let go of truth no matter what. Pastor Cody, if you'll come, amen, the ministry would come, anointing oil. I want you to anoint, go down and anoint every one of them. I pray protection over your life. Everybody look at Pastor for a minute. Let me give you instruction. Don't ever stop having devotion with the Lord. Church is bigger than a building and God doesn't only live on Sundays. Every day, mark a place in your time to have a time with God. Every day. Make sure you get in the Word every day. What do you think? Somebody say every day. God has seen your faithfulness. I look in every one of these that are here have been faithful to the house of God. And uh, it's just, my goodness, it's amazing. It's uh, um, amazing to see you all here. But you've got to stay connected to God. And if you'll stay connected to the Lord in your personal devotion and remain faithful to the house of God and persevere with hard work, the hand of the Lord will never be removed from your life. Do you believe that? He's going to sing a love for truth. and We're going to pray. And we're going to make a new covenant with God. I've never seen anybody that had a deep prayer life get less consecrated. Commitment always deepens. Take time to pray whether you're in a dorm room or a certification class. You say, I'm marking days for fasting and prayer and I'm going to fulfill it. Pastor Cody, I want you to come and pray over them. Our youth pastor, assistant pastor. Amen. Can anybody feel what I feel in this room? Man, there's such a purity of God. There really is. I want my wife to come wherever she is. I want her to come and want her to pray with us as well. And the ministry team want you to come. Any elders, any of our ministers want you to come. We want to pray over them. Brother Cody, would you lead us in prayer tonight? Let's lift our hands and let's pray together for them. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that your word would be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path. We pray, God, that your will would be unfolded in their life. Your word tells us that if we will delight ourselves in you, that you will give us the desires of our heart. God, we depend upon your word tonight. God, and we devote our lives to loving you and living for you. And we trust that what you have put, oh God, that what you have put in them through their devotion to you, God, we, we trust tonight that you will unfold your will in their lives through their devotion to you, through their dedication to your word, through their dedication to prayer and fasting, through their dedication, God, to reaching 
others, God, that need what they have. We believe tonight, God, that you are going to unfold your perfect will in them. We pray for every high school graduate right now. We pray, oh God, lead them, oh Lord, in their education, God. Lead them, oh Lord, in this next step of their life. We pray, oh God, that in this transition, Lord, that they would listen to the voice, God, that says you can. God is for you and God is with you. That they would reject every voice that says you are not of God. That they would reject every voice that's not of you. I pray for every college graduate, oh Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would sustain them and bless them financially. Let their basket and their store run over. Let them be the head and not the tail. God, through their giving, God, and through their open hand, let there always be an inflow of provision, oh God, financially, spiritually, physically. God, in every way, bless them, oh God. We pray right now, God, for those who have received the certification, God, that you would put your wisdom in them, put the strategy within them, put the steps within them, oh God. Connect them to the right people, oh Lord, in their field of study. Connect them, oh God, to key people, oh Lord, that would help them advance. Lord, we pray, oh God, for every retiree. God, we pray in this phase of their life that you would anoint them, oh God. Anoint them to pour what you have given to them into others. Anoint them, oh God, in this season of their life to give the wisdom that they have obtained, oh Lord. We pray your strength into them. We pray, oh God, your purpose into them. There is purpose, oh God, in this season. And let there be clear direction in them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's going to sing right now. I think you ought to lift your hands and just call on the Lord. Come on, let's pray this song tonight. And all the things that draw me close to you. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.